welcome everybody here to the week three MIAA pregame show here on the Cliff Notes podcast. I am your host, Clifton Grooves. We got a lot of ground to cover here on the show. Here's a rundown of everything we have for you. We're going to give a recap of Thursday night's game between Fort Hayes State and Missouri Western, a game that I actually attended live. We're going to have post game from Griffin head coach Matt Williamson. And then after that, we're going to run down the MIAA standings and the conference players of the week. And then the teams ranked in the national polls. And we're going to preview the week three schedule. You're also going to hear some sound bites here. You're going to hear some sound from, um, of course, from Griffin coach Matt Williamson, Northwest Bearcat head coach Rich Wright. We got the voice of the Central Missouri Mules and the Jennies, Greg Hassler. Um, John Dykstra from the Maryville Forum talks on the podcast. We also have the voice of the Emporia State Hornets, Greg Ray. We got Brandon Zinner from the St. Joseph News Press and Devin Albertson from D2Football.com. That's a pretty loaded lineup there. We're going to get to all of it here after a very quick commercial break. You're listening to the Week 3 MIAA pregame show on the Cliff Notes Podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to the Week 3 MIAA pregame show. We are going to recap Week 2 in the MIAA real quick, starting with four-day State and Missouri Western, that was the game that I attended last Thursday night. It was the first time at nearly in nearly 700 days that Spratt Stadium hosted a countable football game, a meaningful football game. Um, Griffith's coming off a loss in Week 1 to Central Oklahoma, while Fort Hayes State is coming off a loss to Northwest la- the previous week. Um, both teams staring at 0-1 in the MIAA, 0-1 overall, and neither team wants to be 0-2 in the MIAA, especially how tough this MIAA conference is. We got the soaring scoring started by Fort Hayes State. They struck first on an Adrian Soto one-yard touchdown run. That would put Hayes up 7-0 to begin the game. Missouri Western would respond on the next drive with a Shane Butler-Lawson uh, one-yard touchdown run to tie the game at 7. Um, then Trey Vavil later on in the first quarter would pick off a chance fuller pass to give the Griffins back the football. And then they would add a Cody Watson field goal to make a 10-7 Missouri Western, that would be the score that we would end the first quarter with. Um, in the second quarter, Fort Hayes would get the better of that quarter. That would start with a chance fuller. Six-yard pass to Hunter Budke to make a 14-10 Hayes. Western had an opportunity to take the lead back. They were in Hayes territories, but Tyson Gray would fumble the ball close to the 30-yard line. The, the Tigers would recover. Hayes would take would turn that takeaway into three points with a Fernando Avila Castro field goal to give Hayes a 17 to 10 lead going into halftime. But then this is where the tie would Third quarter would belong to Missouri Western. Junior safety and former Platte County Pirate Kobe Cummings would pick off Fuller and run it all the way for a 69-yard pick six to tie the game at 17 apiece. Hayes would, however, respond with a chance Fuller to Adrian Soto. Touchdown pass. That would be 24-7 Ford Hayes. That would be the last lead Ford Hayes would have for the remainder of the game. Dominic Chapa for Missouri Western would recover a Ford Hayes fumble and take it to the house to tie the game at 24. Next possession, Tristan Davis would grab Missouri Western's third INT of the game, which would result in a Shane Butler-Lawson 19-yard touchdown run to put the Griffs up 31-24. Next Western drive, Anthony Vespo would hook up with former Benton Cardinal standout Cooper Burton, and Burton would turn on the Jets for an 86-yard score, 38-24 Griffs. But Hayes would add a late score to make it 38-31, but it would not be enough. Missouri Western, for the first time in 684 days, 
would ring the bell and get a victory inside Spratt Stadium to improve their record to 1-1 of the season while Fort Hayes would fall to 0-2. Here's some sound from Griffin coach Matt Williamson after the game. Good to be back at Spratt and awesome. It's a great feeling when you get stay underneath that arch, uh, scoreboard, ring that bell, celebrate with the team and coaches. and It's an awesome experience. So thought we played okay in the first half. Um, did some good things there, had some turnovers. Um, but, you know, how about two things stick out in my mind. Cooper Burton, um, St. Joe Proud right there, man. It's good, good to have him on our football team. He made some big plays, and he's going to continue to get better and better and better. And then, obviously, defense wins football games. Um, you know, we gave up some yards here and there at the end, but, you know, taking the ball three times, taking away three interceptions, and then scoring on, on uh, two turnovers changes the game, changes the momentum. Um, and uh, you could see it and feel it, just like Kobe was talking about. It was it was good to be back. Good to be back at Spratt and good to get a win. Thank you so much, Griffin. Coach Matt Williamson, that was sound after the Griffins' 38-31 win over Fort Hayes State. Other scores in the MIAA would include Washburn would improve to 2-0 on the season with a 29-10 victory over Central Missouri. Mules would fall to 0-2 on the season. We had some Saturday games in the conference. Where first were Northeastern State would defeat Missouri Southern 21-17. Nebraska Kearney knocks off Pitt State in a big game 28-17. What's the final score there? And then Emporia State would defeat Central Oklahoma 31 to 21. Was the final score there? Here are the standings after Week Two of the of the MIAA season. At the first spot, Nebraska Kearney, Washburn, and Emporia State hold the top of the conference standings down with a 2-0 record. Northwest, despite um, losing their Week 2 game, they stand at 1-0 on the year after losing their Week 2 game with Lincoln due to COVID protocols. Um, at 1-1, one one, it would be Central Oklahoma, Pitt State, Missouri Western, and Northeastern State. And then Missouri Southern, UCM, and Hayes would all be 0-2. Lincoln stands at the bottom with an 0-1 MIAA record. We're going to preview everything in Week 3 here in, just a, here in just a minute. We're going to take another quick commercial break, but after that, we're going to run now Week 3 of the MIAA. And welcome, everybody, back to the Week 3 MIAA pregame show here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. Let's go ahead. Let's uh, preview Week 3 and the MIAA. In the AFCA poll this week, Northwest moved up one spot from 4-3, to three, while Nebraska Kearney makes their debut in the poll at number 23. The Lopers had a big victory over Pitt State, which dropped Pitt, the Gorillas out of the poll. They were at number 23 last week. They are out now, and they're receiving volts in the AFCA poll from the MIAA include Washburn and Emporia State. And the D2Football.com poll for Week 3, Northwest, Northwest holds serve at number 4, while Nebraska Kearney makes their debut at number 25. The MIAA announced their players of the week on Monday, and that includes on the offensive side, TJ Davis, the junior quarterback from Nebraska Kearney. He had a hand in all four of the Lopers' touchdowns. TJ went 11 for 17 for 198 yards and three touchdowns through the air, while adding 25 carries, 127 yards, and one touchdown. Of Zach Schlager, the inside linebacker from Nebraska Cardi, got the defensive player of the week. The sophomore had a team high 12 tackles, including two solo, and had one of the Lopers' three interceptions on the evening. On special teams, Cameron Lake, a junior kicker, a sophomore kicker from Washburn, got the award this week. He went three out of four on field goal attempts, including hitting from 32, 
39 and a career high 48 yards and the Ichabods win over Central Missouri. Now let's go ahead and let's run down the schedule in the MIAA. We're going to kick it off by talking about Northwest and Central Missouri. The kickoff is set for Saturday at 1 o'clock at Bud Walton Stadium in Warrensburg. The Bearcats will be itching to get back out on the field after last week's home opener versus Lincoln got canceled. They will have their home opener next week against Central Oklahoma, which we'll talk about that more on the Week 4 pregame show. Central Missouri will be looking to avoid a 0-3 hole in the MIAA. The last time the Mules have started 0-2 was 2013, and in the Jim Sobotov era, they have never started 0-3. The Bearcats lead the all-time series 61-35-2, while they have won seven in a row in the, in the series, including 18 out of the last 21 games, including a playoff meeting in 2010. Mules' last win in the series was a win in 2012. We had an opportunity to get some sound from Coach Rich Wright from um, the Bearcats um, luncheon on Tuesday. And here's um, Coach Wright's thoughts on this week's matchup with Central Missouri. Schematically, not a ton. It's just it, it looks like a bunch of new guys playing in the system. Uh, you know, they lost a lot of offense from 2019, obviously starting with the quarterback. But, um, you know, the receiving core um, as well as the tight end position were were big were big key ingredients for their success in 19. So uh, it's just gonna it, it's gonna take them some time to figure that piece of it out. Um, you know the backs are back, a couple of the offensive linemen, but it's just it's new pieces in a brand new year. That was Northwest Missouri State head football coach Rich Wright. That was courtesy of John Dykstra from the Maryville Forum. Thank you, John, for sending that um, sound over from the Bearcats luncheon on Tuesday. Now we're going to go ahead. We're going to talk about the their opponent this week, Central Missouri. The Mules are led by their 11th-year head coach, Jim Sabota. Um, Swoboda graduated from Northwestern College at Iowa and made coaching stops at Northwestern Dana College, Eastern New Mexico, and Nebraska Wesleyan before moving on to Maryville to become the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach for Northwest Missouri State for 10 seasons under head coach Mel Churchma. After, after 2004, he would then go on to UCLA to serve as their quarterbacks coach for three seasons, helping the Bruins to three bowl games and their seventh 10-win season ever in that span. He would then go on to spend three years as an assistant at Montana State before getting hired on as the head coach of the Central Missouri Mules after Willie Fritz's departure to Sam Houston State. In his first season with the Mules, he would lead them to an 11-3 record. Included in that is their first home playoff game and their first two playoff wins in school history. Swoboda has only accumulated one losing season in his entire Mules coaching career. That was in 2018. Swoboda is 81-38 in his 11 years as the head coach. His 81 wins would put, put him second all-time in the Mules career wins list. They made five postseason appearances in his tenure, including NCAA playoff berths in 2010, 2016, and in 2019, including making bowl appearances in 2011 and won the Mineral Water Bowl in 2017. Now, UCM has started a little bit slow this season with losses to Pitt State and Washburn, and the schedule isn't getting any easier with the with a game this week against Northwest, and then in week four, they got Nebraska Carney on the schedule, so the Mules are going to be looking to get this win on the win column and an, and an uncharacteristic slow start for Swoboda and his Mules. We had the opportunity to get some sound from Jim Swoboda on his coaching show, courtesy of Greg Hassler and Warrensburg Radio. Thank you, Greg. For sending that, here is our um, here's our soundbite. Here's Coach Sabota's thoughts on facing Northwest this weekend. 
Yeah, they they did a good job of holding it together through the COVID stuff and, and um, you know, return um, a pretty good veteran group. They're not much different from, you know, our perspective um, in terms of how they play and, and the physicality with which they play and, um, you know, always a well-coached team, very confident team, uh, went into Hayes, which is always a difficult place to play and, you know, got a win. That first game you'll take a win um, any way you can get it. Statistically, they probably should have scored more points in the game, um, but uh, we're very, very uh, stingy on defense and, um, you know, Hayes scored 35 or something in their second game or in the 30s against Missouri Western, and, and they have a veteran quarterback and a gigantic offensive line. So um, looks like that defense uh, northwest is just as salty as it's ever been. And, you know, offensively they got a, a, a new coordinator that, uh, that uh, I know personally, and I know he's an outstanding coach, outstanding quarterback guy. Um, and so I'm sure they're very sound, um, and they are very sound from what we can see in terms of what they're doing offensively. Definitely want to run the football. Definitely have a big physical offensive lineman and a physical running back. That was Jim Swoboda, the head coach of the Central Missouri Mules. Once again, that sound was courtesy of Greg Hassler and the Central Missouri Sports Radio Network and Warrensburg Radio. Thank you so much, Greg, for allowing me to use that soundbite. And um, we got a couple of interviews coming up. First of all, we're going to hear from the editor of the Maryville Forum, John Dykstra. We talked a little bit about their, um, the Bearcats' cancellation against Lincoln and a look ahead to this week's matchup with Central Missouri. Here's our interview with Maryville Forum editor, John Dykstra. And we're here on the Flip Dust Podcast. We are continuing on with our week three MIAA pregame show. We are here with the editor of the Maryville Forum here with us. That, that would be Mr. John Dykstra. John, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back, Clifton. Always a pleasure having you back, John. Um, I know we talked a little last week about uh, Northwest. Unfortunately, we touched on it a little bit last week about Northwest canceling. They had their game canceled last week against Lincoln. Um, so um, I know there was a few things that was said by Coach Rich right there and how they were going to kind of um, recoup a little bit, you know, of not being able to play a game. So uh, what were some of the things that they were able to do last week, at least maybe not fully replace a game, but kind of got them at least continued to be in game shape at least? Yeah, they, uh, they had a scrimmage last week, uh, just an inner squad, smaller scrimmage. He, uh, he kind of laid it out last week that, they, they fully expected their starters to only have to play a half or so against Lincoln. Um, so that's what they did in the scrimmage. The starters played and then second string got in and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, they, they were able to scrimmage a little bit and, uh, and kind of replace that, that. But it's tough. It's first home game, so it's tough to miss that. But they, uh, they did the best they could to stay sharp and uh, – Ahead of a, a pretty big one this week uh, with UCM. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, those guys were looking to get back because they didn't play any football. They didn't even play any, like, exhibition in 2020. So, uh, you know, they haven't had a home game since, um, I think it was might have been the, um, the Lindenwood playoff game, I think, was the last home game that they had officially. So what do you think really was the mindset, you know, you know kind of learning that, you know, oh, your first home game and, like, Almost two years has been canceled, and now you got to wait for like two more weeks. I think there's some disappointment. We talked to Tanner Owen a little bit about it today at uh, 
at their media day, but um, there's there's clearly some disappointment with uh, with how that all went. But um, then again, they expect to have a lot more games coming up when you count the playoffs and everything coming forward. So I think they they kind of realized that this was a possibility and are are moving on with it. But um, yeah, they it's nice to have that UCM game to look forward to and know that you got a big uh, one of your bigger rivals coming up the next week to uh, to have to prepare for. Absolutely. Let's talk about that UCM game real quick. It's uh, this Saturday, one o'clock, uh, Walton Stadium in Warrensburg. Um, I remember when this first when Svoboda first um got when Svoboda first got to UCM. You know, there was the um, Churchman versus Svoboda matchup. Then, um, you know, there's been some history. Obviously, you know, the the history with Svoboda and Northwest has been very well documented. For those who don't know really about his history with the Bearcats, uh, just run us through that real quick. Well, I'm mean, the offensive coordinator under under Mel, which is obviously an important position, um, and kind of being part of that rise with the Bearcats. So, uh, Coach Savota, that was before my time covering him, but he's he's one of the most respected names in the conference, that's for sure. And uh, and people up here have a lot of respect for him too, as as do I, frankly. Uh, He's a really good offensive mind. I know they haven't started the season the way they wanted. Um, Coach Wright mentioned that today, um, that uh, the preseason prognosticators in the MIAA didn't exactly nail it this year. Um, Hayes and UCM were the consensus number two and three teams in the uh, conference, and they're both 0-2 now. So, uh, yeah, it's been a topsy-turvy little – uh, first couple weeks in the MIAA, but um, Coach Savota is a really good coach, and we'll we'll surely get that team rolling in the right direction and uh, and get them some wins certainly before this year's up. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Like you mentioned, they're UCM really usually they're really offensive uh, oriented, but they've only been averaging 13 points a game this season. Um, talk about how you feel that how Northwest can. Um, match up with the mules um well like you said they've their offense has been a little slow um they mixed up the quarterback a little bit last week put in uh true house who's who's a different more of a running threat i think than kyle bradley i haven't fully scouted him yet um but he used to be at washburn i know and uh he's he's quality quarterback so now they've got Rich mentioned that this week, two different quarterbacks to prepare for, two different little bit styles between the two. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who they – I would – I'm guessing it's going to be Kyle Bradley to start the fifth-year senior, but um, they they certainly showed last week that they're willing to, to give the other guy a try. So Rich said they'd prepare for both quarterbacks this week in practice. And, uh, yeah – the offense has been rough for UCM so far, but they've also gone against Pitt State and Washburn, two of the better defenses in the conference so far as well. So that'll be I, – I would expect those numbers to uptick at some point. Now they have to go against Northwest defense this week, so maybe it won't be this week. But their offense is certainly better than what they've, they put out there so far. And once they get through this week, they could very well have seen the three top defenses in the MIAA through these 
first three weeks. So it doesn't get much easier next week with, with UNK coming to town. But um, they UNK is a little less uh, known for their defense than those other three schools are. So definitely, that should be a fun one, definitely. Uh, Northwest and UCM, remember, 1 o'clock start um, Saturday at Walton Stadium there at um, Wynn Warrensburg. And I know John and I will both be there. We'll be there both covering the game. So, um, John, I appreciate you for all you've contributed to the podcast as a member of the Maryville Forum. And, um, again, you know, where, where can they find your work at? How can they get a hold of your work? Maryvilleforum.com, um, sports or on Twitter at sports MDF. Um, it's just the Maryville Forum Sports uh, Twitter page there. And then Facebook as well, uh, Maryville Forum Sports. So uh, you find us all those platforms, Instagram, find some pictures of Maryville Forum Sports as well. So uh, yep, lots of places to, to find some content. Absolutely. Definitely give him a check there. He does great work there at the forum. So, uh, John, I appreciate you so much for um, coming on the podcast, and we'll see you down at Warrensburg on Saturday. Yep. See you there, Clifton. Thank you. And thank you so much, John Dykstra from the Maryville Forum for coming on the podcast. Uh, we got to get some Central Missouri sound here. I had an opportunity earlier in the week to do an interview with the voice of the Mules and the Jennies, Greg Hassler, and uh, we talked a little bit about um, – his, his upbringing into broadcasting, um, getting to call several big championship moments for the Mules and the Jennies, and a look ahead to the Mules matchup with Northwest. Here's our conversation with the voice of the Mules and the Jennies, Greg Hassler. And we're here on the Cliff Dose Podcast. We are continuing on with our Week 3 MIAA preview show. We have another very special guest with us. He is the voice of the Central Missouri Mules. That would be Greg Hassler. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Pleasure to have you. Pleasure to talk to you, um, Greg. I know we talked a little bit about um, before we uh, went on and recorded here um, how I'm a big, like, uh, MIAA, like, radio, like, broadcast fan. And um, I pretty much have ha- documented a little bit of your journey since um, you were on the sidelines there at UCM and then went to the um, went to become the voice of the Mules. Um, talk about your journey in broadcasting and how you – and how you made it to be the voice of the Mules and Jenny. Well, it's been uh, it's been an interesting road, that's for sure. It was like 01, 02, I started as uh, – I just did Mules sideline. I did I was the sideline guy for Mules football. Uh, Sean Jones, Bob Jackson up in the booth, and uh, did that for, for many years. And then I started to uh, do Jenny basketball play-by-play. I think it might have been about 06, 07, right, right in that area. So I was mainly just Jenny basketball play-by-play and uh, mule football sideline. And then in 20, about 2014, uh, I took over uh, full-time uh, mules and Jenny's basketball play-by-play and mules football play-by-play. And that's, that's been my main role uh, ever since then. And, you know, it's been, it's been a great ride. We've had some, some really good football teams, made the playoffs a couple of times. Uh, of course, the men's national championship, the women's in basketball national championship, and then we had several Final Fours for uh, for the men. We were in the Final Four for the women last year, so we've made, made a lot of regional runs, and it's it's been exciting and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I told you. I also told you off the air. It seems like Central Missouri is good at everything, at least at one time or another. 
like you said, whether it's the football team making a couple runs to the playoffs, um, the men's and women's basketball team seems like they're, they were pretty consistent, and the baseball team, um, soccer team's been good. So it seems like there's a lot of great sports out there at the University of Central Missouri. So, um, Greg, let's get into football now this year. Um, this year, it's been a little bit of a struggle so far for the Mules, a little bit of um, uncharted territory as far as Jim Savota and his teams on the 0-2 um, cusp. They haven't been 0-2 since 2013. So, um, Greg, um, what are your thoughts on um, just the, the way that this uh, Mules um, football season has started so far? Well, it's been kind of tough. I mean, we have a new offensive coordinator. I mean, that's no excuse, obviously. Uh, we got a bunch of new guys uh, at skill position. We lost, you know, Zach Davidson to the Vikings, uh, Shea Wyatt to uh, Tulane. Uh, lost a couple of big defensive guys as well uh, through the transfer portal. But we still have good athletes. We're just kind of – Mules are really kind of trying to find themselves right now, especially on offense. They are struggling running the football. They're struggling throwing the football. And they're struggling stopping other teams. That's uh, three things you can't do if you want to try to win football games. Right now, Mules average just 13 points a game. Uh, really having a hard time – trying to find themselves and find a rhythm right now. And like you said, that's uncharted territory for the Mules. Like, I mean, in 2019, that was a different team. Uh, Co-MIAA champs and a couple of playoff games. Uh, but right now at 0-2, the Mules are just trying to find some confidence and trying to find something that's going to work. Well, definitely. It seems like it's not getting any – the schedule isn't getting any easier for Central Missouri. They're going to be going up against uh, – I think you know these guys pretty well. They've been an MIAA staple, it seems like, for the last decade or two, and that's Northwest Missouri State comes to Warrensburg on Saturday afternoon. Um, Greg, just uh, your thoughts on what you've seen from the Bearcats so far, and um, how do you think Central Missouri matches up with them? Well, you know, you take a look at Northwest, and all I've – they've played one game this year against Fort Hayes on the road. And, all, you know, I can look at their numbers, and obviously they're really good against the run, but they've always been good against the run. So that's not a not a shock. You know, their front seven is, is really good, and it's going to be really tough for the Mules to uh, run the football. Uh, backside of their defense, now I know it's just been one game, but uh, backside of their defense has given up a little bit of yardage to Fort Hayes. So that's another area the Mules may want to try to exploit, if possible, the the problem with that Bearcat defense is those seven guys up front just don't give you a lot of time, and that makes your the backside of your defense just so much better. So I think it's going to be a challenge for the Mules offensively. And defensively for the Mules, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I think, you know, nose guard, Chima Dunga, I think he's a pretty good player. Linebacker, Travis DeGreat, Devin Smith, pretty good players. Takes more than three. So we're going to have to see if some guys can step up and, and play good defense, but, you know, Northwest is, you know, they're a staple in, in the nation. It's one of the top teams in the country year after year, and it's definitely going to be a challenge. I know every game of the MIAA is going to be a challenge for sure, but I'm really looking forward to the game on Saturday. You can check that out 1 o'clock at um, Walton Stadium there at Warrensburg. And, um, Greg, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, talking about the Mules football, and um, we'll have you back here um towards the end of the year whenever the Mules play Missouri Western. Yep, sounds good. Hopefully we'll have some W's on the, uh, in the column and see what happens. And that was Greg Hassler, the voice of the Mules and the Jennies. Thank you so much, Greg, for coming on the podcast. Um, next matchup that we're going to preview is Emporia State making the trip to St. Joe at Spratt Stadium to take on Missouri Western. The game is scheduled for a 6 o'clock start 
on Saturday evening. So everybody in the MIAA is back to Saturday. I bet you probably a lot of coaches are probably like, thank goodness. But anyways, uh, we got a Saturday game, 6 o'clock at Spratt Stadium, Emporia State and Missouri Western. This is the 43rd meeting in the series between the Griffins and the Hornets with Missouri Western holding a 26-16 all-time advantage. Griffins did win the 2019 matchup 28 to nothing at St. Joe, but however, Emporia State has only lost one time at Spratt Stadium since 2010. Missouri Western is 1-1 on the season. Of course, after that big win last week against Fort Hayes State, they are averaging 29 points a game this season while giving up 27.5 points per game. They got two defensive scores on the season, including an 80-yard interception return and a 30-yard fumble return. Anthony Vespo, the quarterback for the Griffs, is averaging 208 yards passing per game, while Shane Butler Lawson is averaging 77 yards per game. Um, Griffs, um, again, you know, that was a big win for them last week over Hayes. Um, not wanting to start 0-2 in the MIAA. Um, I don't think anybody wants to start 0-2 in the MIAA with how tough this league is with Northwest and Hayes and, you know, Central Missouri was picked towards the top, towards the top UK, um, Washburn, Pitt, uh, Missouri Western definitely kept themselves and the conversation there for a league title. We had an opportunity to get some sound from the Griffin Luncheon on Monday at the High Host Sports Bar and Grill with Griffin head coach Matt Williamson as he talked. He looked ahead to this week's matchup with Emporia State. Yeah, we've watched a lot of film on them and just preparing for uh, this week's practice and everything. Their quarterback is super talented. Mm -hmm. He gets rid of the ball really, really quick. Um, yeah. they're, they're, they're more of a kind of like a spec offense where it's uh, it's designed. You look, you, you count numbers. They're overloaded here. They look. They're not going to work the other side. And they're going to throw it and get rid of it quick. You can't. It's hard to get a lot of pressure on them unless they're in third and long situations, which they're usually not because they're just in quick 90 game catch throw, uh, move the things. And they'll throw a run play every once in a while. Keep you honest, because if you start hunkering down on all those receivers, try to jump all the short, quick routes that they throw then you're pretty much opening up that box a little bit, and then they'll drop a little run game on you too. So you, we've got to play the, the the box both and play both worlds with that. But quarterback's very talented. I think the running back's done some good things. Their offensive line protects well. Um, and then, you know, they've got a couple you know receivers that can catch and scoot and move and make people miss. So we're going to have to play really good on defense. You know, I love that challenge. You know, obviously walk into our, you know, our defense, we've got a lot of really good players there. And, let them know that they're going to be challenged this week. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, um, they've done some good things um, defensively. They do it uh, traditionally. It's a 3-3 stack. It's only one in our conference that does that, so it's a little bit different. Uh, blocking scheme, protection, checks, alignment. So our, our kids, I've talked to, you know, a lot of people, you know, we're going to have to go to school this week and just make sure the kids know and they're able to play quick and play fast with all the adjustments and stuff that they'll see, you know, with the 3-3 with the three, three stack defense. That was that sound was courtesy of um, Tommy Rezach and KFEQ Radio and the Griffin Sports Network. Thank you so much, Tommy, for letting me use that sound. That was um, Griffin head coach Matt Williamson. Before we move ahead to our preview of Emporia State, we had the opportunity to talk to News Press Now's Brandon Zinner. He is the host of Griffin Sports Insider. You can find that on the um, News Press Now networks. There we had an opportunity to talk about last week's win over Hayes and a look ahead to this weekend against Emporia. Here's our conversation with Brandon Zinner right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We're continuing on here with our Week 3 MIAA pregame show. We are here with the host of Griffin Sports Insider and News Press Now's Brandon Zinner. Brandon, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Always happy to be here. Well, um, Brandon, uh, you and I and several others, we were all in the house on Thursday night, Spratt Stadium, first meaningful game in almost two years. 
at Spratt Stadium. Um, Griff's come away with a 38-31 victory. Um, a lot of things happened. A spectacular third quarter. Um, Brandon, just um, walk us through the game in your eyes. So, yeah, Western came out, and they were uh, they were a little slow defensively. They didn't really have an option for what Western was doing or for what Fort Hayes was doing with, uh, with the run game and whatnot and just really didn't get settled in. But then the, that, that second half comes around, and they get two defensive touchdowns, and the, the defense kind of fuels the way. Even though you give up 31 points, I think it was still a heck of a defensive effort by, uh, by Mo West. Uh, against a four-day team that can really chuck the ball, really has some playmakers. I think if you go back and look, DJ Sturgis, he was up matched up against uh, against uh, their top guy, Ontario Birchfield, and uh, he was named the, the team's defensive player after the game. He barely let him get uh, get involved, especially on the outside. Everything Fort Hayes was doing uh, in the past game, was, it seemed like it was just quick slants, quick slants, and they didn't really get a huge amount of uh, – of down downfield plays and, and Western was able to capitalize with two touchdowns. And then uh, the, the Cooper Burton 86 yard uh, catch and run, he showed what he was able to do. And then uh, just kind of able to, to pound the ball. Sheen Butler Lawson's two touchdowns were obviously really big. He's had two great games as a freshman and uh, uh, Western gets a, a really big home win. Uh, and Brandon, you know, how big is this win for Missouri West? I know we've talked about it in several different places, uh, you know, Griffins didn't want to be a hole in an 0-2 hole in the MIAA. We know how tough the MIAA is. How big is this win for Missouri Western? Uh, I mean, I, I don't even think you can you can put a a word or anything on how big it is from 0-2 in the locker room versus 1-1. That's huge. The guys, you, you don't know how guys are going to react when they're 0-2 because anything more than two losses, and you're probably not getting in the playoffs. Uh, in this region and in division two and one and one with a loss on the road is much more manageable than oh and two with a loss at home or one and one with a loss at home they they defended spread stadium something that they have kind of struggled to do in in years uh, in the past they were only two and six in the last eight games entering that one and so yeah i don't even think you can quantify the the difference between oh and two and one and one, especially, oh man, with this stretch coming up, these next four games, we're going to learn exactly if Mo West uh, is, is going to be in the playoffs probably, or if they're uh, a middle of the pack team, if they're uh, a team that might be going to a bowl game, because this next four game stretch will decide the season. I think absolutely. And uh, definitely, um, we talked about defending Sprat Stadium. They're going to have another opportunity to do it. Uh, this Saturday night, back to Saturday night football. I'm kind of relieved a little about that. Uh, Six o'clock start, Emporia State comes to town. Hornets coming off a 31-21 win over Central Oklahoma, the team that Missouri Western lost to in week one. Um, Brennan, just uh, your thoughts on Emporia State on both sides of the ball and how they match up with the Griffs. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Talk, talking to Willie, this Emporia team, they, they run a defense that not many teams see. It's a kind of a, a three defensive linemen and three linebackers, which basically, basically just makes a lot of different holes that these linebackers can come through that teams don't really see. And that can make it tough on the run game if, if you're not disciplined and if you don't adjust. They've only given up 120 yards rushing uh, through two games. You know Western wants to come out. They want to be a team that runs for 200, 250 yards. So uh, trying to double Emporia's season output uh, from two games into one game. It's going to be tough. Um, and then it, so they, they've just been great 
Also, holding both opposing quarterbacks in the first two weeks under 50% passing. I mean, this Emporia State defense, they, they look like they might be the real deal. Northeastern State, they played week one. But UCO, we saw what they were able to do. That's a solid team. Then offensively, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of get the ball out of the quarterback's hands, get it in the playmaker's hands, and, and try to let them do work. They don't have a turnover uh, offensively yet, six touchdowns, over 600 yards passing. And, and they have guys who can just, as the Royals like to say, keep the line moving uh, offensively. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. And Western likes to play a lot of man defense. And if they're just throwing quick passes all day, they might be able to just move the six, move the six, move the six. And uh, offensively, Western wants to run the ball. And so maybe it could be a game where we might see a little more of Reagan Jones if they have some – it wouldn't surprise me if we see some tricky stuff or some, some gadgety type things uh, to try to – counteract Emporia this week uh, but the good thing is you don't have to worry about this Western team overlooking Emporia because of the games they got coming up after that Washburn Northwest Nebraska Kearney this is Emporia State team is one of three teams that are 2-0 and in the conference uh, and they're going to face uh, the four remaining unbeatens in the next four weeks and uh, we're going to learn a lot of a lot about this uh, Western team on Saturday. Absolutely. Should be a great atmosphere on Saturday night. Definitely, if you, uh, you would definitely want to get out there. There's still tickets available. GoGriffins.com. Go um, six o'clock start. Um, Brandon, I know you and I will be there. And um, Brandon, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast once again. And um, we'll see you on Saturday night. See you out there, Clifford. Thank you so much, Brandon Zinner of the St. Joseph News Press for coming on the podcast once again. And uh, we're going to move on to our preview of Emporia State. The Hornets are 2-0 on the season with wins over Northeastern State and last week's win over Central Oklahoma at home. That will put them at 2-0 in the year. And with that, they are receiving some votes in the AFC and National Poll, including um, Central Oklahoma and Northeastern State. Both of their opponents won their other game with Northeastern State beating Missouri Southern and then Central Oklahoma's win over Missouri Western in Week 1. Hornets are leading the MIAA in passing offense, pass defense, of pass defense, efficiency, sacks, and third down defense, while ranking second in scoring offense, total de- total defense, passing defense, punting, and red zone offense. Brandon Gleason, the Hornets quarterback, is the leader in the MIAA in passing yards, touchdown passes, completion percentage, and total offense. Hornets are led by their head coach, Garen Higgins. With a, he has a career record of 135-77 and 77 in his 19th season as a head coach. He is 84-68 in his 14th season here at Emporia State, which is, which is his alma mater, and is 75-44 and 44 since the start of the 2010 season. He has led the Hornets to the postseason in five of the last eight seasons with three NCAA playoff appearances and a national semifinal appearance in 2015. He had a... 51-9 career record as the head coach at Northwestern Oklahoma, including two trips to the national championship game. Higgins was a quarterback at Emporia State from 1987 to 1990 and was on the 1989 national runner-up team. Higgins is 5-8 in his career against Missouri Western. We do have some sound from Coach Higgins. That is courtesy of Greg Ray at KV, KVOE Sports. Uh, thank you so much, I'm Greg, for being courteous enough to let us use some sound from the um, Emporia State Hornet Talk, which was Monday. Um, Coach Higgins offers up his thoughts on this week's matchup against Missouri Western. Yeah, they're a very good football team. You know, they've been, uh, I think, 2019. They played in a bowl game in 2019. Uh, Coach Williamson's done a great job there. Uh, and, and like you said, uh, UCO, the first game, UCO jumped up on them, and then they 
uh, came back. Um, I always tell our players too, you know, don't e- you don't ever compare scores in the MIAA. It's that tough a league. It's not even it's not even worth it. Don't even look at it. Um, and then they come back <clears throat> at home and they turn the ball over as well. I know I know Fort Hayes did, and they had, you know, Moes scored 28 points in the third in the third quarter uh, to take the lead because they were behind. You know, it could have went could have went the other way, and uh, Fort Hayes turned the ball over. And they were able to capitalize, but at the same time, I think Missouri Western turned the ball over three times uh, inside Fort Hayes' territory. So uh, they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. I'm sure that that was a big win for them coming off that loss at UCO, where again they probably felt like that they had an opportunity in the second half to win that game. Uh, and they're a good football team. You know, they're I think they're very talented. Uh, I think their secondary is is um, very good. Uh, I think that uh, they have some skilled athletes uh, on offense uh, at receiver that can do some things, and uh, it's going to be a big test. You know, I know our guys right now have a lot of confidence too uh, as well. Uh, we just got to stay locked in and focused in. And and uh, one thing that I talked to the quarterbacks about yesterday is, you know, when you're setting it two and zero and you feel pretty good, right now is when you got to really bear down and really. Really concentrate on fundamentals, attention to detail, and don't let anything slip. You know, you start start feeling good about yourself. But hey, we're only two and zero. We got a long ways to go. Uh, take it week by week. Um, you know, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. looking forward looking forward to the game. Once again, that was the head coach of the Emporia State Hornets, Garen Higgins. Um, thank you so much again, Greg Ray, for um, letting me use that sound. Very appreciated. We did have an opportunity to talk to Greg. He is the voice of the Emporia State Hornets. He is going on his 35th season. As the voice of the Hornets, so we had, an, had a conversation. We talked about Hornet sports of last week's win over Central Oklahoma and a look ahead to the Emporia State's matchup with Missouri Western. Here's our conversation with the voice of the Hornets, Greg Ray. And we're here on the Clip Dust Podcast. We're continuing on with the Week 3 MIAA pregame show. We are having a special interview here with the, vo- with the voice of the Emporia State Hornets. Greg Ray is with us. Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Um, Greg, um, one we like to do for our first-time um, interviewees is uh, get to know you a little bit, um, how you got into um, broadcasting, and um, what brought you here to Emporia? Well, uh, my love for broadcasting started when I was a youngster, and I I always enjoyed listening to sports broadcasts. And I always just enjoyed listening to the radio, and uh, when I was in high school, I thought, you know, hey, that might be a fun job to have. Uh, you know, be able to. Uh, originally, I was just thinking, be a, a disc jockey and tell people what songs were playing. Maybe tell them a little bit about what the, uh, some of the artists, and uh, just be able to, you know, spend time and talking to people. And uh, I kind of followed up on that and uh, went to school out at uh, Colby Community College for a couple of years, and then went to transferred to Fort Hay State after my associate's degree and spent about two and a half years in Hayes and then I was in uh, Great Bend for a while Great Bend Kansas for about a year and then uh, 1987 August of 1987 I was offered the opportunity to uh, go to work for uh, radio station KVOE KVOE AM and uh, KFFX FM and uh, with the intention that uh, the following year they would get the broadcast rights and I would take over as the voice of uh, Emporia State uh, broadcast. And uh, I told my wife, who I 
we were just married the the same year I started doing Emporia State. I was thinking, you know, I'll be in Emporia for a, a short time and then uh, move on to the bigger markets and bigger and better things. And all well, those bigger and better things never came along. And uh, so I've been in Emporia for uh, now 30. This is uh, going on my 35th year of being in Emporia and 34th year of covering Emporia State uh football and basketball done baseball softball and uh, we've done even a little volleyball uh, during the stints and uh it's i, I guess they the it, the saying is true it was, time flies when you're having fun and it sure doesn't seem like it's been quite that long oh absolutely it always does fly when you're having fun uh well greg um you taught you said 34 years 34 years is the voice of the hornets um can you talk about you know some of your um some of your memorable moments, some of your memorable calls, some of your memorable games throughout the years at Emporia State. Well, there and there have been quite a few of them. Uh, starting on the football side of things, uh, 1989, Emporia State played for uh, the national championship at the NAI level. Uh, the championship game was against Carson Newman. Um, one of the players that was on that particular team, Leon Lett, most people may be familiar with him, played with the Dallas Cowboys and uh, had a long NFL career. But uh, unfortunately, Emporia State didn't win that game. But there were some uh, playoff games that led up to that national championship that were pretty memorable. Uh, of course, then uh, most recently, uh, Emporia State made their first uh, NCAA tournament appear- or playoff appearance. And 2003 when they went up to Winona, Minnesota. Unfortunately, lost that one. And then again in 2013, went up to Minnesota Duluth when the uh, the warmest the temperature got was negative 12 degrees. Uh, fortunately for me, I was in the warmth of the comfort of the press box, and my color my sideline guy was the one who uh, felt the brunt of that particular game. Uh, then in 2000. Uh, 15, uh, again, Emporia State back in the playoffs and uh, had a nice little run. And uh, so there, there have been some uh, some nice runs for Emporia State football over the years. And, uh, of course, women's basketball, national champions in 2010. But uh, probably uh, 1998, I believe it was, uh, Emporia State goes 33-1. and The only game they lost was in the national championship game when they played North Dakota who had won multiple national championships before they moved up to Division I. Uh, and men's basketball has had its share of, uh, you know, memorable basketball games over the over the years. And uh, softball, uh, they've played in national championships uh, uh, as well. Same with baseball. Nine, 2009 played uh, for the national championship, made it to the uh, championship game of the baseball World Series. So we've We've had some fun uh, over that time, and you know those are just kind of the tips of the iceberg. But every game had provides its own memories and uh, its own highs and its own lows, and uh, I think that's what's kind of makes it exciting to to do this uh, job. And you know, it doesn't have to be a championship game. It doesn't have to have have anything really on the line to make it a game that holds some memories and. Uh, you know, talk about some individual performances. Brian Shea being able to watch what he accomplished during his career at Emporia State. Uh, when he graduated, he was the all-time leading ball carrier in all divisions, uh, rushing the football. For, so, you know, I've, I've had a chance to see some outstanding athletes compete as well. 
Absolutely. That, that it seems like you've had a blast at Emporia State. So, um, Greg, um, this season for Emporia State, they are 2-0 and on the season after wins against Northeastern State and the win last week at home in their home opener against Central Oklahoma. Um, Greg, what are your thoughts on um, this year's Hornets team so far through two games? Now, the number one thing is this: the defense is has a chance to be uh, a pretty special defense. They, they did give up 21 points to Central Oklahoma, but uh, when they needed to make plays, they made some plays. They were very impressive against North Northeastern State. Granted, Northeastern State is not the same caliber as Central Oklahoma or the team that they'll face on Saturday in Missouri Western. Uh, it, and the, but the defense uh, really stands out. They play well as a team. They've got guys that play with a high motor. Uh, they got, have players that can get to the ball quickly. And uh, this is a defense that has has a chance to be a, a pretty good one. Uh, offensively, they're still a work in progress. In fact, we uh, on our coach's show yesterday, Coach Garrett Higgins even mentioned, the offense has shown some good things, but it's still a work in progress. There are some pieces there that you can get really excited about if you're an Emporia State fan. Pieces uh, that remind you of some of the really good offensive teams that Emporia State has had. They have a couple of receivers that really stand out. Uh, Jalen Varner, who's a transfer from Missouri, was a defensive back at Missouri, wanted to play, uh, wanted to be a receiver. So he he was recruited by Emporia State while he was in high school and decided to uh, reach out and transfer to Emporia State. And he's shown why uh, Emporia State was really excited about recruiting him in the first place. Uh, he's made some really nice plays. Uh, and the number of weapons that they have, uh, they have a you look at the running back transfer from South Dakota, Kenan Brooks, who has shown some explosiveness in the first two weeks. And it's not just him at the running back spot. There are about three guys. Kanan Brooks to go along with Billy Ross Jr. And uh, and it's just a solid group of receivers. And then the quarterback is young. Uh, when you look at Braden Gleason, what he's capable to do, he's a sophomore eligibility-wise, but when you put him into the program and how long he's been here, he's probably a junior because he did have the redshirt year. And he's starting to show signs of having that mentality of, playing like a junior even though the game number of games that he has played aren't that many he still is playing with a lot of confidence right now and a, a young offensive line uh, kind of keeps him you know you know that is growing with him and you can see why the coaches are saying that this is an offense that is just uh getting started and i'm i'm that's what i'm so excited about this season i'm waiting to see how good can this offense be, how good can this defense be, because the pieces are there for this to be a pretty pretty good football team. I don't know if they're uh, championship caliber yet because of game experience, but this is a, the pieces are there that this could be a team that could contend for an MIAA championship. Maybe this year, definitely next year is one that the coaches feel like that that's the year that things could really come together. So for the next couple of years, three years, uh, this could be a pretty special football team. Definitely. Emporia State, one of um, four teams in the MIAA who are undefeated. So, um, 
You mentioned earlier in the interview that um, Emporia State is going to be traveling to Missouri Western this Saturday. Saturday football is back, at least for Missouri Western. I know you guys have had a couple Saturday games in a row, but um, talk about your thoughts on Missouri Western and um, how the how the Hornets how do you think the Hornets match up with the Griffs? Well, I'm kind of anxious to see Missouri Western. I haven't had a chance to really sit down and study them real hard. Just yeah, I was getting ready to jump into that today uh, to get a real good look at them. But the the things about Missouri Western's teams, uh, they usually have a pretty good offensive line. The defense is pretty stout. Uh, they usually have some good skill positions. Um, they're they're a team that uh, you realize you can't take them lightly. Uh, you look back at the loss that they had at Central Oklahoma. They shut out Central Oklahoma in the second half defensively, so you know they have the ability to keep people in check. You look at the game from Fort Hay State, you see they have the ability to force some turnovers. So one thing that Emporia State definitely is going to have to do is take care of the football and not give Central Missouri or Missouri Western, excuse me, the, the opportunity to take advantage of a short field, uh, to be able to, you know, move the ball and uh, maybe control the clock a little bit. But uh, Missouri Western has shown that they can they can play some solid defense. They can force the turnovers. But offensively, they also showed we can score because it was in the second half they did most of their damage against Central Oklahoma. And they made some great changes. And even look against Fort Hay State. They were trailing at halftime. They made great decisions and make great uh, changes at halftime. And they paid off, and they end up picking up the victory uh, this is a team that uh, I think some people were expecting to maybe be right there near the top. They were picked right in the middle of the conference standing. So this is a team that, you know, if the ball bounces their way, good things could happen for them this season. And I, this is not going to be an easy challenge for Emporia State, but I think it's a challenge they're looking forward to because they still need to find out exactly who they are, exactly what they are, uh, they kind of got an idea last week against Central Oklahoma, which is a very athletic and is a good football team. They showed that they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. Uh, they have the win at home over Missouri Western, which I thought was a pretty impressive win for them. Uh, so Missouri Western's always been a, a challenge for Emporia State, and, and it, it always turns out to be, it seems like it's a, a, a nail-biter and goes kind of down to the wire. Uh, hopefully uh, that's the way it turns out on Saturday that it's a nail biter, but Emporia State comes away with a win. Well, I'm really looking forward to the game. So, um, Greg, um, I know that um, really we don't get you guys at least locally on the radio dial here in, here in St. Joe, but uh, where can people um, catch your voice for um, for Hornet football? Well, uh, uh, if you're in the Emporia area, it's on Mix 104.9. But you can also listen on the internet at kvoe.com on our Listen Live link. We also have a mobile app. If you so desire, you can download it onto your phone and you can uh, listen to it live. And usually, uh, if you go to the Emporia State website, esuhornets.com, uh, they'll have uh, links to, to all their stats and to their audio, to their listen, and uh, they can uh, listen to the games that way as well. Well, Greg, I want to thank you so much for taking time and coming on the podcast and talking about some Hornet football with us here on the Clip Notes podcast. Um, I wish you, you and your team good luck on the call this Saturday at Missouri Western. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Have a good day.
Thank you so much, Greg Ray, the voice of the Hornets, for coming on the podcast once again. Emporia State and Missouri Western, 6 o'clock at Spratt Stadium. Here's the complete schedule of everything going on in the MIAA as far as football. We got two games starting at 1 o'clock. Um, the first one is Washburn going down the road to take on Nebraska Cardi. That should be a big game in the MIAA. I would probably venture to say probably as far as teams with big records, that would probably be the MIAA game of the week. Um, the winner of that game will move to 3-0 and in the MIAA, so I think that's going to be a big one there. Two good quarterbacks, two good teams going at it there. Of course, the other 1 o'clock game is Northwest Missouri State traveling to Warrens. We're going to take on Central Missouri. And then we got two 6 o'clock games. One of them is Emporia State and Missouri Western, uh, which we just got through previewing. The other one is Pittsburgh State looking to rebound off last week's loss to um, Nebraska Kearney as they go on the road to Tahlequah, Oklahoma to take on Northeastern State. And then we got two games at the 7 o'clock hour. Lincoln will be back in action this week after COVID um, protocol kept them out of their game against Northwest. They will be on the road at Fort Hayes State, and then Missouri Southern will be looking to get back to will looking to make get to one and one and two on the season as they travel to Edmond, Oklahoma, to take on Central Oklahoma. Our last interview of the entire show will be um, Devin Albertson from D2Football.com. We ran down everything that happened last week, and we look ahead to week three in the MIAA. Here's our conversation with Devin Albertson right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are continuing on with our MIAA pregame show. We are here with a he – usually, um, he's usually a guy for Missouri 8-man football, but he also doubles as a writer for the MIAA for D2Football.com. That would be um, Devin Albertson. Devin, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty good tonight. Uh, always, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, Devin, uh, we're going to do a quick uh, read two, week two recap real quick. Um, first, uh, first thing that I want to get to is the game that I attended on Thursday night. Uh, Missouri Western uh, defeating Fort Hague State 38-31 to was the final score there. Uh, really, um, the game took a complete different pendulum shift in the third quarter. Um, just um, – your thoughts on Hayes and Western? Uh, kind of going into this game, I was looking at these two teams, both 0-1. If you wanted to stay in the playoff picture, you had to win that game. And going into halftime, it was like Fort Hayes, maybe a little bit of control. They were trying to figure some things out. And then Western came out in the third quarter. I think it was about 28 points in that third quarter. And it really took off for Western, started to figure some things out offensively, had a big pick six. Um, it just made some big plays and kind of showed – while people kind of early in the year thought they had one of the better rosters in the MIAA, and they kind of put it all together in that ball game and got a huge win over Fort Hayes State. And um, I don't know about you, Cliff, but I'm looking at the MIAA right now, and it's hard to pinpoint all these teams and where they're actually going to rank in the conference because they're all beating up on each other a little bit. And it's kind of um, difficult to predict games, makes my job a little bit harder, but it should be a lot of fun in the conference. Uh, kind of styles make fights each and every week, and a lot of teams could upset other teams be on the week in the matchup a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I definitely agree with you 110% on all that. Um, other game I want to look at real quick is a little bit outside of our area. Nebraska Cardi defeating Pitt State. Um, Lovers got themselves in the top 25 for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I think it was it's been a while since they've been top 10, uh, top 25 there and definitely snuck in. And I had picked Pitt State to win that game. I thought they were just a little more of a proven commodity at this point and just kind of I bought it to them week one after beating Central Missouri, and then they can turn around that maybe UCM just isn't that good after losing to Washburn. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Nebraska Kearney, TJ Davis, I, I said it a couple times this week. I'll say it in my column as well. If you can read on D2Football.com, TJ Davis is the best dual threat quarterback in the conference, 
And with the system that they run, it's tough to prepare for them week in, week out. They run a really uh, special running game, kind of the option out of the spread that's just tough to prepare for with a week to go. And they run it so well, and they're tough to play, and they're hard-nosed, and they're really physical. And it's gonna be That's just a winning uh, formula in the MIAA, and they are kind of running it to a T and was able to bully their gorillas in the second half, uh, going down 10 at halftime, then outscore them 21 nothing second half, including a seven-play, 95-yard drive to take a lead there in the fourth quarter. Very impressive stuff from the Lopers. I, I, I still remember that game. I think it was the second-to-last game um, two years ago when they played Missouri Western, and um, uh, Lopers ran for over 500 yards on the grips that game. Yep. So, yeah, so I, I definitely know how dangerous this Nebraska Carney running game is. So, um, anything else in week two that really stuck out to you? Uh, the biggest one for me, probably other than that, there's two of them actually. Um, Emporia State beating UCO um, after UCO had beaten Western the week before kind of threw me off. Another game that kind of conference play that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me at this point. Maybe it will later in the season, but uh, based on the preseason predictions and stuff like that, that was a big upset and makes things kind of weird. Maybe UCO is not as good as we thought, but also they beat Western. So who knows what it actually kind of means. So I think it's very interesting with that game. And the other one was a shout-out to Northeastern State finally snapping their 25-game losing streak and beating Missouri Southern on the road. Uh, big win there from Oso uh, with that. So that's how that's a couple of games I thought were very interesting. It sucked Northwest couldn't play last week because of Lincoln's COVID situation. Um, but they got a week to rest here and get ready for UCM. Absolutely. I guess, I guess, sorry, I guess Washburn beat – all the games were interesting last week, I guess, because Washburn beat up on UCM, and that didn't make much sense either how – dominant that game was for the Ichabods and how far UCM has fallen uh, in the graces of the conference already 0-2 and they got uh, Northwest and Kearney over the next two weeks so things are not looking great for UCM right now and it's very um, kind of a very interesting spot after a team that has started number 11 in the nation number two in the conference is already 0-2 and looking 0-4 down the barrel absolutely that's a that's the next game that we're going to look at here week three um, coming up here all Saturday games this week um Northwest is at UCM. Of course, you know, we, I think it's been well documented the history with Jim Sabota and um, Northwest, but uh, here's the thing that really we didn't talk about. Central Missouri made a quarterback change in the first quarter of that game against Washburn. And, um, you know, maybe we don't, maybe we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be for the mules on Saturday, but um, just um, your thoughts on this um, game between UCM and Northwest. Uh, Yeah, I think every part of my body thinks that uh, Northwest is going to win this game. Uh, in the past, Central Missouri has been a dangerous team because they've been able to score points and be able to score in a hurry kind of deal, and that's really tough to play. Even if Northwest is as good as they are defensively, they're still going to put up some points, so it puts pressure on your offense to score. I don't see that this year with Kyle Radley or the new guy. I think it's Twayhouse. Twayhouse. I'm not sure exactly how he pronounced his last name, uh, but he's came in, and he didn't really do a whole lot either for UCM. So the, the Mules are a very um, disappointing team right now on offense. I know they had a lot of uh, season guys come back on defense, but they're not getting stops either. They're lying over 30 points per game. They're scoring only 14. That's why they're 0-2 and been whopped both times against Pitt State and Washburn, who might be good teams, but we're not sure at this point. And look at Northwest. They've had their struggles offensively since Adam Doral left a few years ago for Abilene Christian, but there's still games where they can put up big numbers. And I think this might be one of those weeks um, I know Northwest, some fans aren't overly happy with the way Braden Wright's played over the last few years. They're kind of frustrated with his inconsistency. So maybe you can see some Mike Honesty later in this game 
maybe that would help a little bit with sparking the offense. I know Mike can punt. He's a heck of a punter. We saw that week one versus Fort Hayes. I don't know if he can throw the, how well he is throwing the ball, but that's your only two options at quarterback really for Northwest. There are other quarterbacks on the roster, either a redshirt freshman or three true freshmen, and you're not going to turn to them in a season you think you can win a national championship. So we'll see what Northwest does. They have plenty of talent on offense. McKellar, Green at running back, a couple of good receivers. There's talent there at Northwest. They just got to put it all together on offense. And maybe some of that was just the offensive coordinator getting in a rhythm with a new team kind of deal in that first game. That first game versus Fort Hayes, they moved the ball a little bit. They just couldn't capitalize on drives kind of deal and kind of stall out for a couple of first downs. We'll see if they add these couple of weeks off can improve that here against the UCM team that's just not as good as we thought going into the year. And then this is a game that's going to really interest me. Uh, Emporia State versus Missouri Western. So second straight home game for the Grips. Um, we just alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um, Emporia State would do what Missouri Western couldn't do, and that was beat UCO and uh, contain Stephen Brown there. Uh, so um, I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup. I think if the Grips, absolutely, if they don't come out and play on their game, I think this is a game they could very well lose. So um, your thoughts on the Hornets and the Griffins? Yeah, it's another interesting matchup. Another pocket passer uh, here with Emporia State with Greason. There, he had a nice game last week versus UCO. I think he was the MIAA Player of the Week on offense as well. He played very well, and he could be an X factor. But they did a nice job versus Fuller. I know uh, Fort Hayes scored thirty-one points, but it was kind of a back and forth, a little more scoring in that game, anyways. And I just think Western has a little better roster here, and I think Western plays with a little extra juice at home as well. Uh, they came out a little flat versus uh, Central Oklahoma in week one and started to figure things out after halftime, made a push to maybe win that game, just fell a little short, a little too late. I think the last six quarters of football have shown that Missouri Western's a good football team, and I think they're going to carry that into this week. And I think I think they do beat, I think they do beat uh, Emporia State because I think they're a little better team, and they're starting to get things clicking a little bit there for the Griffins. So I'm thinking the Griffins to win that game against Emporia, but Emporia is not a team you want to take lightly because they can score some points, and their defense is better than people kind of think going in. Absolutely. And then um, another game kind of outside of uh, Missouri Western Northwest that's going on here, I think could be the MIAA game of the week, and that's Washburn and Nebraska Kearney. That's going to be a big yep. one here. Um, I'm pretty sure the MIAA um, player of the week was TJ Davis, and uh, yep. this guy yep. is the truth. This guy is the truth. I have, I have seen this guy. I think he's the truth. I absolutely think he deserved to be the MIAA Player of the Week. I think um, Mitch Schurg has really improved here a lot this season. And, you know, his dad has been the head coach for however long, and you know the success there for um, Coach Schurg there at Washburn. So just your thoughts on um, the Lopers and the Ichabods this Saturday. I'll start with the Ichabods. I think they're a team that's – I know everyone kind of expected them to beat Lincoln Week 1. They pounded them 76-12. to 12. And then last week they played Central Missouri, and they really took it to them. I was watching that game kind of there on Thursday night, um, kind of looking at everything, trying to keep track of all the MIAA games, going on the two games that were interesting that night. And Washburn, really good defensively, really held UCM in check. And then offensively, I know Sherrig threw three interceptions, but he's still just a steady rock there at quarterback. And I trust him in big games kind of deal. And this is a huge one in Kearney. But as I said earlier with Nebraska Kearney, they just play a style that's really tough to beat over four quarters. You might be able to hold them down for a quarter or two, but eventually their O-line just kind of wears you down, and then all of a sudden T.J. Davis is making defenders look silly in the second level, and that's just a scary place to be if you're another team because they're going to keep grinding the clock and keep running the ball and hit you in the mouth and see if you can take it. And I think winning at Kearney is just another whole other animal right now. So I would probably take Nebraska Kearney to win this game, in my opinion, because I think Northwest is still the best team in the conference. 
this game might be for the second best team in the conference. I said last week that Pitt and Carney for the sec- for the third best team. So I thought Hayes was second. Well, Hayes has fallen down. That second best team in the conference is up for grabs. And right now, Carney and Washburn are kind of in the driver's seat for that, um, with Western probably close there behind them as well. So I think it's a huge game for both these teams to kind of declare themselves as the next big thing. And this conference is so weird this year just because I think there's a huge middle class. There's three teams at the bottom who are not very good. And I think Northwest is by themselves at the top, but it's hard to tell this early in the year. They've only played one game. Um, I think everyone else is just in a mess in the middle. That's going to be a lot of fun to see who kind of jockeys for position and how this season back, uh, battles itself out. Absolutely, definitely. Um, should be a fun weekend. Another fun weekend in the MIAA. You can check out all those games on the MIAA network. I will definitely be checking out that Washburn-Nebraska Carney game probably on Sunday after I get back from Warrensburg and then go into St. Joe the same day. So, um, Devin, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, you can check out his um, – weekly MIAA column on d2football.com. You can check that out there. And um, thank you for coming on the podcast. And uh, look forward to um, some MIAA football on um, Saturday. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Cliff. And thank you so much, Devin, of D2Football.com for coming on the show. Um, now, a quick reminder, you know, all these games that I ran down just a few minutes ago, you could check all those out on the MIAA network. Um, you could get a year-long subscription for 125 bucks, or you can get a monthly pass for 25 or you can get a game-by-game game for $10 a game. That is on the MIAA network.com, and there's logos on the top of the page you can click on. Your favorite team, whether it's Northwest, Missouri Western, or whoever you would like to watch. Definitely uh, easy accessible there. You can watch all those games on the MIAA Network. That is it for the Week 3 MIAA pregame show. We will come back on Saturday evening for a Week 3 MIAA postgame show, which I will be making the trip to Warrensburg on Saturday and then coming back for the Missouri Western game later on that night. We will have postgame coverage of both those games and we'll run down all the rest of the scores in the MIAA. That, that will be it. Thank you so much for your listenership, and take care, everybody.